Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week, Johnny's Road Rage. As you might know, well, in fact, you do know because you somebody messaged us on the, the Smith & Sniff um, website and I think I got DM'd as well uh, via Instagram about me driving. The, I was on the road in the taxi doing a, a long journey yesterday and uh, I really enjoyed driving the uh, Tokyo taxi. It's incredibly soft and quiet, <laughs> albeit with no Bluetooth. Um, and uh, How long was this journey? Two and a half hours each way. It's not it's not an insanely long journey, but the point is, is I wasn't supposed to be doing it in the taxi. I was actually supposed to be doing it in my new long-term Renault Zoe ZE50, but the weirdly it didn't charge overnight and it said there was an um uh there was an i it was an earthing problem or an isolation problem that isn't satisfactory and so therefore it just wouldn't talk to the charger so i I was a bit confused by that and then i was in a fluster because i was leaving really early and i put some trinkets in the car because i was going to see the allegro and have some important chats about the Mm -hmm. allegro project and you know when you're like you're hell bent on you've set you've planned out your morning or your your, your event for the day and I'd already knew mm. that car I was going to make some Bluetooth phone calls I've got to catch up on blah 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 couldn't do it because no charge so I thought well damn it I have to take the Tokyo taxi and actually I realised it wasn't taxed so while I was eating my muesli oh. really quickly I had to tax it um, I don't know if this sounds a bit first world problemy. Like I couldn't take one of my cars, so I took one of my other cars. <laughs> my <laughs> bloody free car wasn't working, so I had to take one of the many other cars that I, I own. It was a bit like it, I know it. It is a bit like that. But what's weird is it seemed, it seemed to have inadvertently got paparazzied on the way. Um, <laughs> although in the because I, I left early in the morning, a lot of van drivers tradesman on the way to jobs and it's always the dude in the passenger seat who seems to have an owl-like face head that can turn yeah. <laughs> so his body his body is still fully back on the seat of the, the passenger seat of the van but the head the head's 180 backwards because he's doing yeah. that whole crane back thing and he's either yeah. doing hands sign language sometimes positive sometimes <laughs> negative depending on the scenario um but it was always great to clock what the passenger, uh, the van, the van passenger's body language was doing. But yeah, they they seem to appreciate the weirdness of the Tokyo taxi. I'm slightly thrown, well, not thrown, but I noticed that when I asked you uh, how long the journey was, you expressed it in time rather than miles. Uh, it's 110 miles. Uh, okay, but uh, it just reminds me because it's, it was an ongoing thing. Uh, I guess it probably still is, uh, during filming of uh, Top Gear and the Grand Tour with TV's Jeremy Clarkson. He'd be moving between locations and he would say to someone on the production team, how how far is it to the next location? And they would say, it's about half an hour away. And he would oh. go, no, 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 I want to know mileage. And he was obsessed <laughs> with it. He used to drive him nuts. <laughs> Don't express... Distance as time, really? And I was, yeah, but I was like, but it does make sense. And he went, no, if you tell me the mileage, I'll figure out how long it'll take. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, five miles across downtown Tokyo will take you a lot longer than five miles across <laughs> the Nevada desert. So, in a way, it makes more sense to manage your expectations by telling you time. And he went, I can work out the time from the distance. <laughs> Honestly, it was every time. I reckon he'd go. He'd... Well, how, how long is it to the next ro- location? Or he'd say, "How far is the next location?" Someone would go, "It's forty-five minutes." And he'd go, "No, in mileage." <laughs> oh, he's he's. Do you know what? That's come from working with Tiff. Oh, that's do you because think? that's a racing driver thing. Because it'll be like, no, I'll tell you how long it'll take me. You tell mm. me how many miles it is, and then of course I've got to try and better that. Because if I said to you, "Well, look, I did one hundred and ten miles yesterday in Russia, and it took me two and a half hours," he instantly be like, "I can shave that down." 
Yeah. I, reckon, I, can, I get that down. <laughs> I get that down to 210. 210, no problem. 210, don't drink anything. No need for a piss stop. Uh, I'm in. I can do this. And that, I uh, bet you yeah. that was that's that's Jeremy's mindset. He's inherited yeah. that. But it's really weird because he is a man who is quite obsessed with time. Like he sort of has a slight of like, you know, um, John Cleese's character in Clockwise, the 80s movie. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, who's completely obsessed with time. There's there's a whiff of that about Jeremy sometimes where he'll just go, oh, no, we're out of time. Oh, we haven't got enough time. Oh, time, 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 which is, you know, he's he's just sort of like, he, he's very uh, aware of time. And Is it like that song by uh, Culture Club, Time... Um, clock of the heart where I think I remember him I counted that boy George said the word time 49 times in the song <laughs> time clock of the heart because I remember it being a deeply boring song um, uh, yeah it's not one of their classics is it no it's just it's, there's too much of the word time just it's quite good for the replace heart with ass game I suppose but it's not otherwise <laughs> worth I was thinking about karma chameleon the other day and what an odd song it is lyrically Oh yeah, absolutely. Karma chameleon. What? Car- yeah. I mean, I kind of get it. It's in a way, it's quite clever, but it's, at the same time, you just go, it's. it's no, it was all about the German coach building thing. company, and it just got lost in translation. Oh, Carmen it was Carmen. Chame- it was the Carmen <laughs> chameleon. You come and go. What? You, you so- come here and you slightly rejig all the body shell, and then you go. You Somebody take a long time a to golf build a convertible. Car- yeah, that could blend into its background, and they just simply. Technology does not allow that. It's nineteen eighty two for God's sake. He loves it. Our boy George is massively into Corrado's Beetle convertibles, yep. um certain quite expensive uh, motorhomes. Yeah, he's really into it. Loves a bit of Carmen Chameleon. It was that chameleon Do- paint that T V R's used to be painted in that was about five thousand yeah. pounds a litre. So if someone keyed it, basically the car had to be burnt and thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. Well they did that on um uh, some in the later days of MG Rover, they had a whole oh, range that, yes. of those flip paints. Um, they, what were they called? It's a holograph, um, not monogram. Oh. Well, they were called the 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 umbrella term for the, the special order paints was the monogram range, and there were bloody loads of them. I think they used to buy them off the shelf from you know PPE or someone. But yeah. but even so, there's something that wasn't wasn't sort of celebrated enough about uh, the the dying days of of MG Rover was that they used to build slightly mad combination of cars on one line because on the 70 rover 75 line they were also doing mgzts and the estate versions and they were doing front and rear wheel drive versions obviously and and then they would line build special order paints in that they would just go go through the same process as any other car where a lot of companies doing special order paints they had to pull them off the line and do them separately and they used to get other car companies coming to have a look round Longbridge to see how they were doing it, because it was actually, from a manufacturing point of view, apparently it was quite impressive. Even though the place itself was sort of slightly scruffy and dirty, it was actually, you know, there's a lot of skill there. Wow, that is... I mean, it is... A, I actually, weirdly, as I was going round the M42 around Birmingham, I did actually mm. see a V8 MG ZT. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I, in fact, I heard it before I saw it, because it came flinging down the... Um, uh, the slip road, and it had aftermarket pair of exhausts on it, which were definitely stainless. Because you know when you actually get a glint from chrome on a bumper, and it and it actually it really fires into your your retinas. <laughs> yeah, I got that yes. off the back boxes of this car. Wow. Yeah, and there I am in my near silent LPG taxi, and mm. um, and this thing comes hammering down, then comes off the throttle at high revs, and it really cackles away. I was impressed though. I, I, I know we've talked about these before, but I do quite like them. I do quite oh, like I do. them. Yeah, and then, yeah. of course, because I hadn't planned the journey I was doing to be in the taxi, and the taxi, if the listeners are aware, is LPG only, a factory LPG car, so it doesn't have a Now, I was going to ask you this. How how many miles do you get from and tank of LPG? I get a lot, 400-something oh, really? kilometres. Okay. Well, as in, yeah, I mean, like for a taxi, so given that it's mostly... 250 spent, miles, say? At least 250. Yeah. I mean, it's a colossal tank, or so I thought. So I drove to um, the the Midland Performance and Retro, who have got the Allegro, doing all the Allegro stuff. And Where the, are they? They are in Bridge North in Shropshire. 
Oh, are they? Yeah. I know so Bridge North. I, well, kind of know it. Well, it's great. So I went there, all good, and on the, and, and started to set off. And I thought, I'm going to stop quite soon because I need lunch. Fancied a sandwich. And out of nowhere, I didn't even check my LPG app, which I have. Um, and it just, it, it immediately, I, I saw a fuel station coming up in the distance. I thought, I wonder if they've, they've, they sell any half-decent food. And I rocked in because I saw, oh, there's um, the, the food selection looks good. And then, sure enough, it just happened to have LPG. I pull in, and just as I'm faffing with the LPG um, sort of ray gun, the, 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 the attachment... This mm. absolutely massive American motorhome comes in, and it was called something like Utah Sex Tourist. I can't actually remember what it was called. <laughs> but anyway, it was a really nice, it was huge, it was huge. It came in, and because the guy and his wife obviously so skilled at LPG refilling, uh, they managed to start filling before me. And, um, and then I started filling. You know with LPG, you have to hold your finger on the button for the entire time of the operation. So instead of squeezing a lever I've, like you do I've on a fuel pump... never filled an LPG. Okay, you have to. You have to put it in, lock it into place on the car so the nozzles lock, a bit like when two dogs have sex. And then you press a button on the, on the pump. It's just a simple button, but you have to hold it for the entire duration of the fill-up. As soon as you let oh, wait, go, so the button stops. is not on the nozzle, it's not on, on the pump. It's on the pump itself. Base unit. Yes, it's right, on the big unit. Which do, so gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> I bring my car. Great. I go in and pay. Um, I'm, I then go to the toilet, and I then I faff around and realise I wanted some more confectionery, so I go back and join the queue again. I come out. The dude is still holding onto the button of this motorhome and it sort of took me by because I thought shit he's been there for 10 minutes some maybe and I say crumbs you got a big tank and it went yeah yeah well this one's this one's 280 litres I went what and he went oh no but the one I've, I've got to fill the one at the front as well that one's 100 that's just for cooking and the fridge and stuff Jesus. So I said hang on a minute you've got 380 litres of LPG on board this is like it's like the Hindenburg. It's just how much is it per liter? It was sixty nine p. Ah, so he said, cheap, he said, isn't it? yeah, he said so. My, he said my motorhome does ten to the gallon. It's a V ten petrol Ford. Is it a Triton engine? Yeah, uh, yes, you know, cab yeah. chassis jobber. Mm. Uh, American listeners will know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, he said this LPG of of this sort of price. Um, with a tank this size, he said it makes this this all worth it because without that we would never own a motorhome like this because it would just cost you you know it cost you like two grand to, to drive to Scotland and then you'd have to live in relative squalor whereas you could have just driven there in a thrifty <laughs> car and stayed in yes, a five star really hotel. Nice hotel. <laughs> yeah, and your wife would be like, "Yeah, cheers for that. What great idea you had." Um, but yeah, it was just I couldn't believe the size of the tanks involved. And he said that that's not the biggest. There are bigger ones that he could have fitted. You're just like, wow, he's rolling around with like, you know, nearly half a ton of LPG on board. That's amazing. It made me feel quite inferior because I thought my tank in the Tokyo Cedric was actually quite impressive. But anyway, I realised also that I quite like the smell of LPG when it's when it out of the tailpipe. Um. It's a very tangy. In fact, I tell you what I liken it to. It's the difference between when you've just done lots of either exercise or heavy lifting, which I've done a lot of recently, just moving lots of boxes to and fro. It's the difference between fresh perspiration and BO. Right. BO is your sort of your diesel tailpipe. Uh -huh. It's just not, nobody likes the smell of BO, right? And it's just grotty. Uh. But fresh perspiration, there's a tang to it and there's a feeling of achievement. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I no, don't I'm not know. sure. I don't know where I'm going, but, it, but LPG, <laughs> LPG definitely has a sort of fresh perspiration kind of tang to I'll, it. I'll, I'll have a sniff next time. I'm, I, Can I you? Know. You won't I, yeah. actually sniff petrol. You'll actually sniff LPG. Sniff LPG. Um, I, just, I, <laughs> I couldn't get past the fact that um, LPG refueling sounds a bit 
So if you like drum and bass, uh, later on spinning some discs, as it were, LPG refueling. Um, but <laughs> you sounded like uh, which Steve Lamac then. Yeah, that was a bit Stoive, Stoive Lamac on the evening session. Uh, it's um, I have my experience of LPG uh, was slightly tainted by um, I drove. My brother used to live in Australia for a bit, and he had a Mitsubishi Magna, which was LPG dual fuel. Oh. And I drove it when I was down there as a V6. I can't remember, like 3.3, I think it is. Um, and, you know, sort of decent enough bargey sort of car. But um, but when you flicked it onto LPG, it ran rough as arseholes. It was horrible. And oh. it was noticeably down on power. I, I mean, I imagine it was just not a very good installation, but I just thought, this is dog shit. It's just not been set up properly. A lot of people mm. um, don't bother get them get them set up properly or they don't get them serviced. And yeah, then it doesn't work. It's a bit like not having your boiler or your central heating ever serviced. You, you don't think about it because it's just not a very interesting subject. But I'm having my boiler serviced tomorrow. In fact, oh, you are. It's a good so time to do it. In the Rich. Oh, always get it. Do you know what? Don't, always. My my wife was the one who went. I think the boiler needs a service. We should probably do it now before everybody wants their boiler serviced when the weather gets cold. Really and true. They all switch them on and they don't work. And yeah, she's so, so it's, right. It's, 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 she's very. And wise. it's also buying the children's sledges. Summer's the time for that. That's why I always. Oh. Yeah, I always get the best deal on a sledge. <laughs> it's a bit like buying a convertible in January. I always do. I do that as well. I love it. Popping down the sledge quarter to eye up some bargains. Hey, I, I've bought an incredible Austrian. Um, sledge which i was very rare in britain and it was on ebay oh. in the middle of summer for like i don't know 12 quid i just bought it and then stashed it in the the the, the rafters of the shed for a, for a snowy day sure enough it's the best sledge in the world everyone keeps going where on earth did you get that from I'm not well i mean if i was going to buy a sledge made anywhere i think austria would be pretty high on the list quite i would say quite compared to you know some other countries austria seems like it's it's good sledge terrain Exactly, I yeah. I don't think I've ever been to Austria. Have I ever been to Austria? I'm not sure. Uh, I think you're important. Probably, it's one of those, I've been to it a lot, but only for very short stints of time. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to go to, I, I bet they. I bet there's an incredible model railway club in Austria. They love their models. Yeah, as we established a while back on, on the podcast, there's an incredible model village in Germany, isn't there? It's but, um, Ham- Hamburg. I think it's Hamburg. Yeah. Which I do, so, sorry, we do need to go to that hmm. very much. In fact, it's the, I'd go there just for that, just to go to that for the day, and then I get on a plane and go. I would, well, I was going to, I was going to ask you another really boring question about LPG, but I'm almost like, I think I can't be bothered. <laughs> it's just what about LPG? Well, I just, isn't it? Uh, doesn't it make the car more thirsty? Obviously, there's no comparison because your taxi only runs an LPG. But is it not the? Uh, the, the it's less combustible. I, well, I mean, yeah. the, my friend Nick Farrow, who actually his business is LPG, mostly for um, motorhomes and um, uh, fitting inside caravans. You know, like cook, cooking and all the appliance fittings yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure it, when an engine runs on it, it is down on power. Um, mm. So it's slightly less efficient, but yeah. the, it's it burns cleaner. So the internals of the engine are kept in better condition, even though but it it burns hotter. Um, oh. And the there was another fact that I was trying to remember. Uh, oh no! Of, well, of course, the, the the cost of LPG is such it's it's about half of what the equivalent unleaded fuel is at all times. So whatever mm. whatever unleaded is doing, you can cut it in half for the price of LPG. And I just hate it. You see old Range Rovers and old Jeep Grand Cherokees and things like that, and they've got usually without the cap on it for some reason, those sort of <laughs> LPG socket crudely slapped onto the Yeah, it's been hole sawed into the side of, of it. Yeah, and, and I always just go, you've just ruined that car. That's what you've done because you're a cheapskate. I'm down with LPG That's... if done right. It has to be done mm. right. Well, there we go. Um, I wanted to tell you about the world's most Saab man who I saw last weekend or whenever it was. I can't remember now. But, yeah, I was in our local tube station car park of all places and there was a gentleman seemingly admiring his own car. He was standing there talking to someone else. 
No, he was standing talking to somebody else, but he was gesturing towards his car, and his car was a very tidy, late model Saab 9.3. So fair play. Uh, An attractive car in its own way. But he was, I think, the most Saab man I've ever seen, because he was of a certain age, I would say late 60s but in you know in good nick slim slim build slim exactly a slender gentleman yeah and you know chaps of that kind of age who've still got a really good head of hair oh yeah it's an impressive thing to see and he'd got sort of thick gray thatch yeah and sort of slightly sort of quiffed up he had the look of a of a a a very likable university professor yes and he was wearing a a, a sort of lightweight tweed jacket, like a summer weight, <laughs> summer spec tweed jacket. If such summer, a thing exists, summer weight sports jacket, is it? Yeah, brilliant. And I, th- I couldn't quite see what was under it, but I, th- I, I sort of, in my head, I've now painted in a waistcoat, but that might be a bit much. I don't think he had a waistcoat on. <laughs> might be a bit much. <laughs> but he, I just looked at him and I just went, "You are the epitome of Saab." So sabby, just that whole college professor vibe. And also quite a laid-back guy. If he was your neighbour, yeah. he'd be interesting. Not nosy, he'd be interesting. And he wouldn't boast about all the things he's seen and done, unless you probed him. Well, now, my next-door neighbour, funnily enough, is of that ilk, although he doesn't have a magnificent thatch of hair, but he's um, he's an extremely affable chap, and he is a retired neurologist. And Ooh. he's... He's always very, very pleasant to talk to, and you have a good chat. Uh, and I, I it's never occurred to me before, but he really should have a Saab. He doesn't. He has a VW Up since he retired. But oh, you told me about the Up. Well, Up is good, and of course Saab doesn't exist anymore. Well, that's true. I went. I should ask him if he's ever had a Saab. I know. Why don't you do a Saab test? Why don't you contact a few Saab owners over the next couple of months and get them to strategically park every week a different Saab is is parked on your road within his eye line of his like f- front window? Well, and maybe there he is actually catches the man's eye. There's a nine three cabrio, a little bit scruffy, that has started turning up on our street, and I don't know whose it is, but it's not his. I'm pretty okay. certain it's okay. not his. Maybe he's got um, loads of Saabs. He just refuses to park them nearby. It's like a stealth. Next time I'm talking Saab to him, I'll owner. just I'll just casually drop it into conversation. If the if the nine three cabrio is nearby, I'll just go. Oh, that's a nice Saab. And if he very enthusiastically goes, "Yes, isn't it?" or "Oh no, I'd have looked after it a bit better than that." Look, it's got a ding in the door. Oh, they've let the hood get some moss on it. Then I'll know he'll you, he'll give himself away by babbling about Saabs. You. Oh, I, I, it's funny you should bring up subs because um, our mutual friend Tom Ford, yeah, near where he lives, yeah, is a is a person who's got a Saab nine hundred turbo on the drive and it's been on the drive for well over ten years. It's black. I keep meaning to put a letter on it to say, listen, you're obviously not using this because it's on skates. It was on those. What? It was on those four wheel skates. Yeah. And someone had removed the turbo badge, but because of the, the the dirt and the moss, you could still see it said turbo on it, which I thought was quite funny. And um, it's That's been excellent. it's been there for well over well over ten years. I walked past What's it. The, there's a design term for that, isn't it? It's like sort of using the negative space to or something. Oh, um, that's what it is. Yeah, is it like a, us, is yeah. it like nature's drop shadow? Yeah, <laughs> is that what it is? Um, <laughs> I. I really, really, um, I'm really annoyed because I went past it three days ago and it isn't there. There's just the skates and a dark and a, and a very light patch on the drive where the Saab had protected the drive from any algal growth. And I, so I'm, I'm a bit, I'm actually really pissed off. I, I messaged him, I messaged Wookie and went, "Where's the Saab gone? Have you bought it? What have you done with it? Is this you? Have he, you, have you taken the Saab?" Well, it was. You know, it was like it was, it was a landmark to me. It was like a, a really yeah. cool car that seemed to never go anywhere, and yet it never looked like it was ever deteriorating. It just looked the same as it did when I first saw it ten years ago. And I'm, but I'm annoyed that I never put the letter through the door. I'm, I'm very hacked off about it. Well, you could still do it, but the letter could now say, "Where's your Saab gone? I want answers." Now, yeah, that's true. What anonymous or uh, signed no, by me? I think you address. need to front up. Go, to Johnny Johnny Smith, Saab detective. 
Sob, sob detective, sob beast. Maybe you could, um, I mean, you know, you're always filming stuff anyway. Maybe you could make some kind of sort of very moody Scandinavian style drama about this, where you are oh, Journey Smith, Journey Smith, sorb detective from the sorb department of the local police. Maybe it should be sorb barn finding. Yeah, well, you just know you're on the trail of a missing Saab. It's uh, it's oh. good, good viewing. You don't don't do a lot. Wear a big jumper and stand stand around sighing quite a lot. And I oh, be halfway I there. do everything quite slowly and I also talk very oh, softly. Very I never talk aggressively. Yeah. No, no, I'm quite happy to. Sometimes you're just just sitting sitting having a coffee for a long time. Yeah. Oh, you know you were talking about your um, how 3D number plates offend you and 4D. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Um, I saw a lot of 3D plates when I was driving in the taxi on the uh, on my, mm, my trip. The they're other day. rife, aren't they? There's a lot yeah. of them, but I and I yeah. don't know if I mentioned it before, but I thought it could be the ultimate plate for um, a Discovery Two owner because you know Land, you know Land Rover Discoveries have got um, they've still got old fashioned rain gutters and they've still got quite old fashioned window rubbers from memory. Yeah, because they're quite yeah. an old design of car, aren't they? Yeah, and they've got that very sort of fiddly B pillar. That's right. They've got door frame, central bar door frame again. It's like really sort of messy looks That's, now because everything has been much more. Sort of everything's all flush fit windows and stuff, but they were design wise. Yes. So I was thinking maybe a Land Rover Discovery two owner is the only person <laughs> that should have a three D plate because what you can do because they're essentially. The, the raised digits are perfect ledges for moss. And if you oh, look, all, yeah. all discoveries have moss growing out of the waistline because of yeah. the way the car is designed. There's there's lots of traps for seedlings and things to drop. And, yeah, and yeah. my mate, actually, lives down the road who has a disco too. He's very proud of the fact that it has moss growing in it. And it, even when he washes it, he leaves the moss, which I think is quite funny. Well, I had that with my Defender because on the one hand, you know, it's like it's... um. One of the last of the line, and I, you know, I should look after it and keep it all nice. But it started getting moss going in the in the window runners, the back windows, and that's absolutely standard Defender. Mm. You know. They all do that, sir. Uh, and 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 I, on the one hand, I was like, oh, I should, I should, you know, keep this car in good nick. On the other hand, I'm like, it's not a Defender if it's not got moss growing in the window runners. It's it's. So I've sort of picked some of it out, but there's still there's still a bit in there. Well, you've got to. But if you had three, if you had three D plates, you could buy them, maybe wipe a bit of Greek yogurt on them, stick them on, and um, <laughs> bits of Greek. yeah. <laughs> Does moss grow on Greek yogurt? Is this? I'm not. I've seen it because of, you know, like good quality live culture yogurt encourages encourage oh, growth, doesn't it? Actually, it encourages growth. Well, yeah, glowth. but that's a different. That's bacteria. It's not moss. It's, it's, it's different. It's different. Well, wipe know, a bit of Greek shit. yogurt on it. Wipe a bit of moss on it, so there'll be some spores. Just and feel then like, put your plates not on. Not Greek yogurt. A car would be covered in moss. Anyway, well, I mean, I'm not what putting three plates what on my car. What about kefir? Is it kefir? Kefir. Kefir. I, but what I'd be seeing, what I wouldn't object to is proper old school 3D plates where the, the numbers and letters were sort of beveled. Oh, yes. Know, proper, like, so not, so they're not individually silver on black. On, I can't really. stand those plates on non-period cars. But just very raised, chunky letters, but but properly sort of, you know, like know. almost, they're like something from a children's play set. Yeah, you can still buy those. There's a company. There's a company in Cornwall that made them. What? Yeah, hang on. Is it because they don't realise it's not the 60s anymore? It probably. Um, let me find it. Hang on. I know exactly. Um... While you're doing that, I've got a little bit of housekeeping to do from oh. last week because we had loads, loads of messages last week, a lot of them about public information films. Oh, the scary uh, ones. I think, yeah, I think some people were genuinely uh, a little triggered, perhaps, by the memories of, of these films that had haunted their childhood. Well, and, uh, but yeah. lots of people brought up other ones. Oh, there's far too many to, to start reading out, but broadly, people were, were sharing links. I've forgotten the one with the guy with the big fishing rod that he's using near power lines. Uh, someone. Oh, gosh, the fishing rod guy. Someone reminded me of the, the one with... Um, that was reminding you the dangers of mixing radial and cross-play tyres, cross-ply tyres, Oh, rather, gosh, I don't... Uh, right. With a Morris 1100 in it that rolls over. And then somebody sent me an incredible one, uh, which has got 
Um, it's about the dangers of sheep, and it's got a mini clubman being driven in a spirited way. And it's just um, it's just reminding you uh, that what? you shouldn't drive fast near unfenced sheep. Oh, what? Because if there's a sheep in the road, you either hit it or swerve it and crash. Yeah, um, oh, okay. was, uh, I'll name check. Cause only one person sent me that. Gareth Brown uh, emailed us the the sheep one, and he pointed out it's the. I'll, I'll stick it on the Patreon for people who want to watch it and who are patrons. It's. Um, it's got at the very end of it there's just one final very plaintive sheep bar on the soundtrack which is quite remarkable oh how odd um, um, so yeah loads of loads of love slash fear for public information films but then uh, a guy calling himself evan is great on youtube put a comment under the last podcast on there about on that side of about helicopters flying yes well on the helicopters flying around pylons side of things uh, yeah uh, he says, my dad was an electrician, and back in the late 70s, he did a stint of checking pylons by, via helicopter. <laughs> the helicopter pilot was an ex-Vietnam vet and was apparently a bit mad. One day, my dad mentioned to the pilot he lived near the line of pylons they were examining, and the pilot asked him to point out the house on the map at the briefing. Halfway along the inspection route, the pilot went rogue and flew to our house, going low enough to wave to my mum, who was hanging out washing, which then all blew away. <laughs> <laughs> no way! Yeah. So, wow, um, ex-Vietnam pilot knew no fear. Wow. Yeah, it's quite mad. Um, also on that note, because... Uh, uh, Howling mad, not Jeff Evans. Howling Mad Manweb inspects pylons for a defunct electricity company. Um, one of our patrons, Jeff Evans, on the same note, just said he enjoyed the pylon chat. But then he sent me a link. He said his girlfriend's an artist in New York and she particularly paints pylons. Um, cool. Uh, so uh, I looked it up. He said Watford pylons. The painting is called Watford pylons. is one of his favourites. I looked it up. It's really, really nice painting. Um, and she's got various other ones of sort of uh, pylons and other kind of tall structures against kind of very nice... Um, that sounds excellent. Cloud, cloudy, sunsetty sort of skies. Yeah, um, emma-frost.co.uk is her website. Well, two things. One, when you're travelling abroad, if you're in France, Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, look at the different pylons. They have different designs, yes. and some of them genuinely look like Space Invaders from the old video game, Space Invaders. It's weird, isn't it? You go to countries that are quite near us, like France, Germany, Spain... Italy, whatever, yeah. or, or you go to countries that are further away, but that we feel like we have some kinship with because we speak the same language, like the US or Australia or New Zealand, and things are the same, but they're also different, just in sort of subtle ways that can throw you off. Yeah, and I always think pylons is one of them. The the way their trains look is another. Oh, tr I was just you about go, to say trains. Yeah, this is a train. It looks exactly the way a train should look, and yet it doesn't look like our trains, and therefore I'm slightly une uneasy around it. Well, all foreign trains are better than our trains, and the system and the price of the tickets are just much better than our yeah. trains. So, <laughs> I mean, we don't go too deeply into that, but definitely Euro, I, Euro um, trains work better than ours. Oh, my God. I once got on a train in Switzerland. Imagine <clears> how on time that was. And I noticed as it pulled into the station that the, the, the front pointy bit, I'm sure it's a technical term, had a little Pininfarina logo on it. Mm. So not only are Swiss trains incredibly on time, in my experience, but they're also designed by Pininfarina. That's fantastic. How stylish. Yeah. Also, the little jingling European train stations are better than ours. I prefer them to ours. Yes. We used to have dun, dun, dun. But I don't know if we've still mm. got that anymore. We probably don't. Um, uh, I, ooh. I've, no, I'm not we? sure we do, do we? I can't, I can't, no. I can't remember. Well, they stopped doing announcements, didn't they? And a lot of them was at airports. I can't remember now. Um, they probably use, um, I don't know, a clip of UK grime now just to chime, <laughs> just to resonate with people buried in their phones. I don't know. There's probably Skepta does it. I don't know. They're not going to use dun, dun, dun. They'll use something else. Also, we have had loads of messages and I about all sorts of stuff that we touched on in the last podcast. Probably says a lot about how weird and freewheeling the last show was, <laughs> even by Smith and Stiff standards. But um, I, there's an email from a guy called Ed that I just wanted to read out because uh, we talked about um, 
four-wheel drive transits. Transits! Um, Ed says, in the late 90s, when I'd finished my body shop apprentice, instead of, he means as in, you know, car bodywork, not Anita Roddick's house of smellies. Um, when I finished my body shop apprenticeship, instead of enjoying the high wages at the time and getting on the property ladder or paying X amount in repayments on a Punto GP, GT or similar, I rented a unit on a local farm. This was due to my passion for old VWs, which enabled me to squeeze in a shitload of junk and still have a spray booth. The farmer Brilliant. had a brother who was in prison for ecstasy dealing. While in prison, he started a correspondence with a traveller lady who he married while in prison. So wow. <laughs> immediately, this is why I started reading this and went, all right, you've got my attention. This is not... not um, in prison not for ecstasy dealing. Wow. Uh, you don't even grow uh, ecstasy the, on farms either. Well, maybe you do. We just didn't know oh, about yeah. it. I mean, who knows what they're up to. Uh, Ed says, as such, the small field he was given up the lane. I guess this is when he got out of prison. Um the small field he was given up the lane was regularly visited by new age types in their dodgy van conversions. Uh, of course. These shoddy old patchouli smelling <laughs> shit heaps provided a source of income for me and the old guy in the unit next door. They would always pay strangely well, with the old guy getting rent and me getting some rather good weed. One day they rolled in with their dodgy Aztec slash hemp slash dready hoodies in a pair of Mark III transits that were riding rather high and needing some work. After being approached for the fitment of a log burner... <laughs> of course, yeah. ...ply panels, service, and other bits and bobs, I got to have a good look at their recent upgrades. I was fascinated. VW had only done synchro vans at the time, but here was I looking at not one, but two four-wheel drive transits. They were very well done, with build quality very good, rust unusually minimal, and even lacked the wiring mess of XAA or REC workhorses. No amount of haggling could secure me one of these unicorns, and as such, the required work was carried out with a heavy heart. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So Ed wanted to buy these things, basically. We'd never get the chances. One was written off and the other was seized by the police. Oh, my God! The vans have faded from memory until your episode, but I have fond memories of being up a stepladder painting one black and green while being rather stoned. <laughs> Why would you paint it black and oh, That's brilliant. I, um, there was one, I the, remember... His PS, though. I'm sorry, I just wanted to read his PS, which is the, is the killer for me. He says, to clarify, I haven't been stoned for about 20 years. Thanks a lot. Best regards. Ed, <laughs> PS, I got lice doing those vans. Thanks to that and a receding yeah. hairline. I've never had long hair since. So there Seriously. you go. If you're working on a Krusty's four-wheel drive transit, uh, wear a shower cap is clearly the advice there. Oh, my gosh, he got lice. He got and lice from, from, from working on a new age traveller, man. From, from, from a Ford Transit County. I mean, quite a good. A Have that converted story. to camper spec. And oh, the four-wheel every- drive is going to be a boon for, you know, festivals and all that kind of malarkey, if that's what you Well, look, we... Doing. We uh we the, the the term now is sort of overland camping and it's become a yeah. thing, hasn't it? To put yeah. chunkier tires on sprinters and all that stuff and your sort of zombie apocalypse camper look. Oh yeah, we, it was being done years ago, pre-internet. I I remember in Somerset all the new age travellers they used to have loads of stuff like that. Um, but I just I suppose I hadn't quite clocked. Yeah, four wheel drive's perfect because if you need to get out of a rave, mm. um, and it's been heavy rain. 
and say you've been at the rave for three days, which is typically what a new age traveller would. You wouldn't just pop in for sort of nine hours, your typical rave. You'd go, <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? You'd go there. There's a rave down the road. I'm just going to pop in for a bit. No, you've got to commit <laughs> you fully to the you rave, haven't you? It's... You don't pop into a rave, do you? you, you you're there, you put roots down, and yeah. obviously, in that case, if you've got a crusty van, um, you need to get out. You don't want to do that sort of push of shame with like two rooster tails of, of no, soil and no. everywhere. No. Well, I mean, that's so, also it's just, you're digging in because you've had a log burner put inside and it's just adding weight that's, that's only, oh, absolutely. It's bogging well, you down. Well, you've had 25 friends sitting in said um, ex-telecom <laughs> yeah. ex van. I don't think not even been... 25 friends. I think it's four people you know and, and seven that you don't, but that you sort of too. Oh, like yeah. To, you like their vibe, so you're letting them stay. Yeah, um, like one of them swapped a bag of apples for a bong and then the other one, <laughs> I don't know, mended your socks whilst off their face or all the socks are now a bit wrong and crooked. <laughs> yeah, You've just... darned the holes with straw. Um, while we're at the housekeeping desk, just one more thing. The other, One of the other topics we to- touched on last week was um, are animals thick? We've got some great on-the-ground evidence uh, for this from <laughs> Rob. <laughs> who says gentlemen i think i can verify in some small way your theory that some animals are perhaps not as bright as others of the same type we have two west highland terriers sisters from the same litter one on the appearance side of things is very typical of the breed the other just looks like a white any brand terrier i like like any Any brand brand. yeah just just a generic terrier um the better looking one is thick I mean, it barks at the birds and flies constantly, has no idea at all how to play, cannot chase a ball or any other toy literally without, with any ability whatsoever to have fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh, and they're sisters. The other, completely opposite, and can hide food, and even when they do that terrier thing of chasing animals ten times bigger across fields, the ugly one always finds her way back to us. The other one, nope, have to go and find her. Utter dimwit. So, there we go. There, there we it's go. true, isn't it? Thank you, Rob. There we are. Science in action. Sisters, and yet the good-looking one is, and I'm quoting Rob here now, thick. Oh, I forgot to mention about that tractor, about the county tractor. Interesting. Oh, yeah. What about it? Oh, did you did you see the um, the intel that I got back from the from that guy? Um, I was trying to read it on my phone, and my Martin. daughter was sort of attacking me at the same time. So go on, Mard, a chap called Pro Driver Five 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 on Instagram. Mm. He um, he said, uh, I, "I was listening to your podcast. You were mentioning the expensive tractor, the county f- tractor which sold recently." Um, and a friend is a tractor nerd, so I, I said I'd steer our conversation towards this side of things as to why it's worth what it's worth. So he's gone. Let's see what he said. Best way to describe it um, is it's like the difference between a short nose Quattro and a long nose Audi Quattro, so a sport Quattro. Mm. County built single digits of the short nose based on the short TW10, TW20 chassis before they moved to the S12. <laughs> um, and the S14 change that was the long wheelbase TWs as a base build. County are a bit like Pro Drive to Subarus. Okay, so oh. it's like a rare, it's a, it's a niche version of an already niche tractor that they didn't build many of. Right. That, so I guess I'm going to call that that incredible tractor, the County 1474 Short Nose. I'm going to call that the Sport Quattro of the tractor world. There we go. Sport Quattro. Sport. Good, good intel. Yeah. So there we go. That's it. Enough. Uh, that's probably enough housekeeping. But I just uh, we had so many messages last week that it was just. Oh no! Shit! There is one more I want to do. Sorry. Oh, you. Brian. It's important this one what? because. Because um, it's <laughs> from a patron, so they, you know, they get like you know, VIP fast check-in uh, on messages. Uh, there's a chap called Martin who um, who was trying to set me straight on why you can't put big sort of fans on top of cooling towers. Oh, um, and okay. Martin obviously knows his shit. So I can't, I won't read out everything because it's quite complicated. But basically, he explains a little bit about how power stations work. And I, so I said, well, you know, I thought about a fan with a dynamo on the top. And he's, uh, he said, uh, cooling towers aren't chimneys. Uh, when they're working optimally, which is most of the time, they're generating an artificial cloud column, and their shape encourages this, uh, and nothing comes out of the top. 
even when they do admit, uh, emit, it's a tiny fraction of the water condensing out as rain within. Oh, which is why they have the lakes at the bottom. Yes, that's right. The lakes, so, the, the rain within. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a that's so, an, that's that's a single, a very heavy-hearted sort of love ballad. Yeah, but basically, he's he says the engineering behind a thermodynamic cycle of a power station is very clever and very complicated. If there was a way of recovering even an extra one percent of available energy, it would be worth hundreds of millions. Gosh, so, wow! I mean, it was naive of me I'm, to think that an idea that first popped into my head when I was probably about thirteen. Was, had somehow not occurred to some of the world's finest minds in thermodynamics but um it's good to have someone who knows their stuff actually setting us straight so thank you martin for that we've been told yeah and we shall listen and okay. while i'm in the patron messages i i wanted to read this because it's from a chap called george wade who um he messaged just a while ago and i completely forgot like in april actually and i completely forgot to uh, address it but then he's he messaged again to say can we please do another old money car hunting film around london um and london uh, I, I said that we will one day i'm sure or maybe not london maybe somewhere else we've had a few tip-offs about other old money hotspots so uh we might do that but george's original question from april was um and he i think he's really directing this at you because it feels like it's more up your street um, I was wondering, he says, if either of you clean the keys to the cars that you've owned or own. I'm quite partial to a deep key clean of a car I've purchased. Am I a weirdo? Oh. I don't feel like I am, he says. I have done it. I, I think I've seen my dad do it. He puts down like an old napkin and go and gets an old toothbrush, which is a, a favourite, mm. always a favourite of my yeah. dad in the garage, yeah. Yeah, an yeah. old toothbrush. And he would put autosol on it of which other metal cleaners are available these days. Yeah. And he would just go he'd re, he'd go for it cleaning the the shaft of the key to make sure there was no grime in it to make sure it went in and out of the door very easily because obviously this is old school keys where you actually need to put them in a hole rather than blipper a blipper. But also I find myself I do I do use my mum used to have these little telephone wipes in a sachet they look like kfc kfc finger wipes <laughs> telephone wipes yeah and they stank like you'd rip the top off them this sachet yeah and it had a picture of an old-fashioned corded telephone on it of course. and it was for cleaning the but cleaning the mouthpiece and the re- the receiver of telephones obviously so that especially in call centers and stuff i guess uh-huh and yeah. uh the smell was so strong once you tore the top off the smell it smelled like it was like smelling salts i swear it was to get if you picked up the phone and you were very drowsy you'd immediately go hello is anybody there (laughs) oh my gosh wow (laughs) just a four five one um what 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 what? like a sort of alcoholy smell like yeah really chemically incredibly chemically to the point where i wasn't sure whether i should be doing it barehanded was yeah. this were these not meant to be carried around with you in case you had to use a f- public phone booth box type thing? Oh, uh, that that well, I bet you that's why my mum used to carry one around. But she would use them on the home phone. My mum would get me. It was one of the chores that I would do periodically. You know, for pocket <laughs> money, I'd, vacuuming, <laughs> dusting, blah 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 blah, boring boring, toilet cleaning, that kind of stuff. But it would be yeah, clean the telephones. I haven't cleaned my own. T- I clean my own mobile now and again with a wet wipe. But yeah, it's worth doing, isn't it? But but then yeah, just imagine the amount of grot on a on a touch. It's screen. the it's the remote key fob of a second hand car. You'd be surprised what utter grot is on that. Yeah, and on the steering wheel. The steering wheel's grim. Always go for it with um with some sort of intense degreasant on that front on that mm. side of things. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, I've got to go and see Non-Stop Talking John really soon. I know I said it last time. Yeah. Um, I'm just dreading it. I'm, put, I'm, I'm putting it off. I'm procrastinating. What? Yet I, yet I need him to solve some electrical issues on on a car. So I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually really inconveniencing myself because I don't, I just can't bear the fact that he might listen to Smith and Stiff and might go, anything you want to talk to me about, Johnny? What yeah. what are the chances that he has listened? Do you think? 
slim, low percentage. I'm going to say sub sub twenty okay. percent. I mean, that's okay. That's that, that, no, that's, those are decent odds, I'd say. But then, what if somebody, uh, what if somebody else who knows him and has gone, oh, hang on a minute, I know who who he's talking about. Well, that's here. that's the problem. That's mm. the bit I fear. Anyway, I, I I used his name. I used a different name that isn't really his name. The name I've been using up until oh, now. Okay. Oh, okay. I've been clever. using a different name. Yeah, yeah. very clever. Uh, but yeah. so he is in my phone as non-stop talking John. Right. But right. John's not necessarily his real name. Uh, <laughs> wow. See, this is your your police training from your years as a cyber detective that you've. That's uh, quite, yes. Quite clever. Yeah, I'm um, hoping to get a gig on Death in Paradise where I just walk around in far too many layers in a suit in a, on a paradise island, and an island which consists of about 100 people, and yet one person dies every other week. I think that's quite a high amount of death, isn't it, <laughs> per head. Uh, also, an incredible amount of terrible faux reggae in the um, in the theme tune. <laughs> really awful, really awful. It's sort of one of those things I would dearly like to make illegal is faux reggae. <laughs> just, White man's reggae is, yeah, is it? It's just, just yeah. I, mm. it's just not quite right, is it? Just it just doesn't quite. feel totally lacking in authenticity. I thought of something else I, I would like to make illegal, or at least punishable in some extremely draconian way, because it happened to okay. me this week, is people who are about to emerge from a side road in their car, and you oh. can see them dithering, and then a little bit too late, they decide to go for it, but then the way they go for it is they go, oh no, I'm, I'm leaving it a bit late, I'd better do this in as cautious a way as possible, and then they pull out very slowly in a situation that in fact demands them to pull out more quickly than they might normally do you know yes. what i mean yes I you've know dithered exactly. already you've wasted valuable seconds with the dithering and now you've almost gone like a little dormouse pulling out like oh okay oh, sorry. sorry i'm going to pull out in front of you and you're going to have to break i'll just i'll try to lessen the inconvenience <laughs> by by doing it very gently that'll you help suddenly, what you suddenly turned into a Beatrix Potter character. Yeah, I'm a tiny hedgehog in a car. Oh, if I just if I pull out very gently, maybe you won't notice that I've fucked up and I'm an incompetent buffoon. Um, it's <laughs> it, yeah, it drives me nuts. And you do sort of see it. It's up there with break dabbing, which we've we've talked about before. Oh, I got fully dabbed. I said, "What is it? Brake checking? The term where people try and make you crash into the back of them?" Yeah, uh, yeah, I had that done to me uh, last week. What? Yeah, yeah, I was just taking my daughter to swimming club and there was a bloke dithering at the junction near me and I realised he was in a Fiesta van with a phone on his ear. So I beat the horn and just did the telephone sign out of the window, just want to make that clear. He went absolutely crackers, crackers. Tried to do three emergency stops while we were driving through um, the town. Bloody Um, hell. Oh, he was furious. It got into a full-on road rage situation. So I it's decided... it's such a dick move, isn't it? Because it's like, well, it is if this goes to where you seem to want it to, you're going to smash up your own van oh, as well as oh, someone else's a, car. Oh, it's a proper... I mean, the guy was an absolute flesh trombone. But anyway, <laughs> so I decided to do the only thing which I knew. My daughter thought it was probably not the coolest move that her dad's ever done. I decided to follow him with my hand on the horn. For oh. Five five minutes. Oh. <laughs> five minutes goes by really slowly, really slowly when you're driving through a town with a horn on. And whilst doing it, pointing at him and waving at him. And while my I gave my phone to my daughter and she was filming it. Is that pointing a dick move? at him? What were you hoping that people would go who's he hooting at? Oh that guy. Oh I see. No, I actually I asked him. I went alongside him. Um, oh. And uh, I asked him to follow me because I wanted him to follow me to the leisure centre where I was dropping my daughter off so we could chat about it in the car park. How many roids yeah. had you been taking at this people, point? Like, what? No, I just... People, no, you you got to fight fire with fire. People <laughs> do stuff like that. They never follow through what they say they're going to yeah. do. So if you're really furious with me, let's go and chat in a CCTV-heavy car park. How about that? Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's, that? that's always the flaw with CCTV, isn't it? It only records crimes happening. It doesn't necessarily prevent them in the way that it thinks it might. Oh, no, of course it doesn't. You just have a nice, a nice bit of footage to put online of... <laughs> 
<laughs> Our next clip is CCTV. the TV and YouTube star Johnny Smith getting leathered by a furious amphetamine-crazed builder in a small van. Oh, he was. He was. He was a big lad. But, I yeah. mean, luckily, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could outrun him. So there's nothing <laughs> to fall back on. <laughs> well, you know. And then you remember that doubt, you've, you've left that as in slippers by mistake. Yeah, there is that. Yeah, exactly. Flip-flops. Oh, no, the one down in flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it! Anyway, yeah, just thought I'd mention that. Anyway, if that if, was if my you, speaking of I'm, your Saab detective show, that I've met, I've must, I have mentioned this before. My my idea for a TV show called Flip Flop Cops about two. I've never heard you say that in, in uh, the, your I life. I told you about this. Yeah, they're two hard hitting maverick cops, and they don't take any shit. But unfortunately, they both wear flip flops, <laughs> so they're really bad at running. They're terrible and, at sneaking and they, up on people because they get that kind of... Oh, they get that slap, the sneak-up slap, slap. They get the slap, the giveaway slap. And they're not very good at driving either, you know, because they're always riding the clutch because the flip-flop gets stuck under the pedal. Oh, that's right. The boss so, refused to give them an auto despite many yeah, requests. Yeah, so they're just... <laughs> just as, as they're pulling away in a car chase. Um, yeah, it's, I, I haven't ever pitched it, but I'm sure I'll if I did, it. it would be sold immediately to... The highest bidder. Flip-flop cops, you hear it here first. I like that. Well, okay. Um, the Fiesta's a white... It's a white van, and it's got um, it's got some reflective chevrons on the boot lid and the number plate's KP11A. Whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we allowed what? to do that? Is that... I don't, of course we are. I took a photo of it. Well, I've got a video of it somewhere. Uh, You're now worrying about where, what the legal implication... Listen, you do something wrong and you get caught, you either say, I'm sorry, or you act like a child. And he chose the latter. Yeah. It's funny, actually, I had... Do you know what? I had a minor... I mean, it didn't escalate like that, but I had one last week <clears> as well with a, a lady who was blocking the entrance to a car park. Um, <laughs> she was just sitting in her car. She wasn't... She was When, when I, I pulled in and attempted to get into the car park and she was sitting there uh, saying goodbye to one of her kids through the, the open driver's window and then yep. so I sort of gave her that you know it's like she's saying goodbye to a kid or whatever I think so it's you know, sort of 15 20 seconds of that did fine. it go on a bit kid ran off and then suddenly another child came running back and wanted to talk to us so now it's like I was like oh for f-, and then went to the passenger side of the car opened the door wanted to get something out and it's like okay all right fine and then the, the kid ran off and then nothing happened so I gave a polite toot on the horn and still nothing happened except this is an old Honda HRV, by the way. Oh, three three abreast seating. No, no HRV. The um, the oh, three no, door on. sort of crossover type thing. I'm thinking of FRV, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. I? So I love the FRVs. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. So then nothing happened except that she briefly the hazards flashed, and I was like, is she sort of trying to show me that she's not she's like, you know, doing the old, oh, if I put the hazards on, I can stop anywhere kind of trick. So I got out and I went over and the driver's window's still open. I went, and I was like, I'm going to be super polite here because there's no point in getting raggy about this. And I just went, excuse me, would you mind just moving out of the way so I can get into the car park? And she absolutely kicked off. Oh, wow. She just went, she went, what is wrong with you? Have you no patience? I was just starting my car and you, and I had to get my keys out and put them in the ignition. It took me no time at all. Have you no patience at all? But she's getting proper aggy about it at this point. And so I thought, well, I'm not going to rise to it. So I just went, well, that doesn't take long. And she went, well, it takes as long as it's taken you to say that. Just have some patience. Wow. But it was like, it was, you know, it was a total mismatch. of So so she went, I'm moving now. And so I went, oh, thank you very much. And she went, thank you very much, which I thought I quite enjoyed because it didn't really make sense. What has happened in your day that has made you this cross? Well, the thing is, it's really easy to then start losing your temper. And, and I've done it. I'm, I'm not proud of it, obviously. But I think a better way to do it is to just start laughing at them. Which is what I did to this bloke that was absolutely losing his shit in the in the fiesta econetic van uh he was going absolutely bonkers uh, so i just i was just laughing at him and pointing at him whilst obviously the horn was still going i think it's probably the most so bearing in mind that renault zoe's done 600 miles i think the horn's done six hundred thousand miles worth of horn work <laughs> a lot of horn work I, I just remembered something that when i uh i caused someone to get very cross this guy trying to come down a narrow street and 
you know you sort of you've got to do that let someone go and then they let you go whatever and this guy just he just screwed up there was me and then two cars behind me coming down and he had a pull in place and he could have pulled in and he didn't he just kept coming towards us stopped and then we had to do that really awkward kind of squeezing through and you desperately try not to scrape paint and as he got level he sort of looked at me and he kind of shrugged and so I did a sarcastic clap and he suddenly went absolutely batshit and put his window down and called me an effing C in the manner of oh, did, of a cat-sized oh, clown. Yeah. <laughs> but he'd been sort of like, his initial expression was sort of one of sort of like, no, oh, sorry, no. But because I did a sarcastic clap, which I probably shouldn't have done, but it just set him oh. off. It was amazing to see. Have you ever seen that clip of that Australian politician whose mood flips in, no. in one go? No. It's one of those ones you'd know if you'd seen it. It's like, he's talking like this and he's, he's talking, I think he's talking about gay marriage and he's going, you know, as I always say, there's, there's only, you know, love is love. And then and then he suddenly goes, but I won't have it in the house. Or so it's, it's, oh, a, really? it's an amazing <laughs> tonal shift within a split second. And this guy was like that. Oh, sorry. Go you FNC. Um, as amazing. So as amazing. I wish I'd clap. Been, I wish I'd been the fly on the wall. Yes, I, 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 I don't know. I've never. I don't think I've ever. A slow clap is actually quite a powerful. It's a, worse. I than, was going to say, a slow clap's incredibly powerful. That and met perhaps laughing. Yeah, at them and whilst pointing, a bit like that kid from The Simpsons. Yeah, I forgot the name of <laughs> Nelson. You, Nelson, no. ha 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 ha. ha. I just also think the um, just the, the shake of the head, just a, a slow yeah. shake of the head, because what you're saying is, you've disappointed me. You've let yourself down. Oh, You've let everyone down. Very disappointed. Yeah. Very and disappointed. There's, it's like, you know, being told off at school. You've you've yeah. completely messed that up and you're in a lot of trouble is one thing. But when a teacher said to you, I'm very disappointed in your behaviour. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's quite crushing in a way. I think when my, when my wife says that to me, I think that's just... just <laughs> uh, it was, I think it's, it goes beyond school and well into your 40s. <laughs> yeah, sad but true. I uh, I, I can't I think, think the last time my wife said she, I disappointed her, but I, I, I feel like it's maybe it's just constant. She just internalises it. It's just... <laughs> well, I was going to talk about an actual car this week and I've completely forgotten what car it was. Oh. Well, that's okay because we're out of time. Oh, <laughs> we've been going damn. for an hour. And oh, we've covered some what? ground. We've read out some readers' things. I feel like, you know, we've sort of achieved we've all that were required some... by the podcasting ombudsman. So um, it's it's a good point to draw a line. I think I know which car it was because you mentioned it last week, but it's okay. Uh, we can come to I'll it next to week and just keep kicking that. Well, there we go. Can by the down Paris. the road. Um, there's not a lot of car news anyway because it's August, isn't it? So it's all a bit, it's a slow news month. We have to make our own. It is. Um, we'll make our I'm... own news, which you almost did by... Um, Getting into a fist fight in a leisure centre car park. Well, I was never going to get into a fist fight, but I. Well, you don't know that, do you? You just it could have escalated horribly. Well, no, but you know, don't poke the hornists. 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 You were a hornist. Don't poke a hornist. The hornist nest. Oh, oh yeah, I was. I was chasing him with a French horn, and he hated it. He said, "Of all the instruments to try and goad me with, it was a French horn." Now that would be a whole different level of sort of like an art piece way to shame someone just following them through your local town playing a French horn out of the window at them or a euphonium that's what we should do that's what we should do we should invent this this should be a Smith and Sniff thing everyone should have an emergency recorder in the glove box and if someone pisses you off oh my god I'm fucking furious because my wife has signed our boy up for recorder lessons next term at school nobody wants that no nobody wants that you know I, I never learned the recorder as a child because my dad just went no no, not having well, that no, in the house. Awful no, noise. I, I saw I saw one up at the end of the garden. My kids don't know it yet, but uh, did I you? did saw one. Yeah, I saw one in two. You know, like Good. a sawed-off shotgun. I thought, I'll see if it sawed plays off. any differently. <laughs> sawed-off record. <laughs> As used by East End gangsters to torture people. <laughs> right, now I'm going to try Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. See how you like that. <laughs> It's the 
craze they both had sawn off. <laughs> Barbara Windsor said it. Oh, yeah, the craze. Oh, oh, oh they always used to have sawn off for corners. It's to come in the pub, play green sleeves, everyone ducked. Yeah. They only did for their own, though. Oh, they were lovely boys. Uh, Apart from the sweet, old murders. Sweet guys. Yeah, they did kill a few, but they were lovely. But- <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look, listen, guys. Uh, it's time to end. Uh, three things to tell you before we go. One, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called The Late Break Show. And, of course, there's The Late Break Show Live. The next one is on the 11th of September in Leicestershire. Go to thelatebreakshow.com forward slash live for details. Promises to be a, a lovely day out. I'll be there. Uh, come and talk to us. That's all we yeah, do please, all day. Please Based come. on what happened the last one, we just have a good old chat with people and we do a bit of... Q&A on stage yeah, you, and we do a quiz and we interview the guest and the guest is Ed the de, de China Ed, Ed the China yeah, Ed, it's me old Ed, China Ed China Ed, that's Ed, right Ed, Ed, and Ed, you Ed. are going to be doing the, 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 the car quiz I'm doing the quiz again I might, a live, I might do a different live quiz. one to make it a little bit easier I don't know we, we're going to have a chat about that I think later Multiple on we'll know how hard the quiz should be But um, so yes come to watch. the Late Break Show live um, so the second thing I've got to tell you is that I have um, various books out um, medium sized book of boring car trivia is one of them available exclusively on Amazon as an ebook or a paperback and the third thing I've got to tell you is that uh, Hovis bread gets its name from the Latin hominis vis which means strength of man and uh, the brand name originally had a diacritic mark over the O in lieu of an apostrophe to show you where the abbreviation between the two words exists since well wow, richard i'm going to start eating hovis to make me a stronger yeah. more attractive man or maybe just a bloated middle bloated guy. yeah Blo- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you want to drop us a line hello at smithandsniff.com or uh if you're one of our patrons thank you and uh, you can always get a hold of us through there and that's that for this uh, we'll see you again same time next week Although it's a podcast, you can listen whenever you want. Oh, yeah, you can. Amazing. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you. Goodbye. Bye bye. My mum and dad have made contact me almost certainly, so you shouldn't do it. You'll get stabbed. And I'll go, well. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 